Hey, John, how are you this week? Hi, Elliot. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so um, I saw this week that uh, the, the, there was a, the fall uh, plenary at FATF uh, was uh, finished up and they reported out on it. And uh, as you know, uh, we did a webinar uh, about the uh, June uh, plenary back in, in August, and you can find some of that material uh, on our website. But um, uh, did, you, did you see the, uh, the report out of the plenary? Yeah, and we, as we always try to tell our community, and they don't need us to tell them, but uh, FATF does three plenaries a year, and there's a, a lot of valuable information that comes out uh, during these, whether they are reports, working groups, um, various initiatives, and obviously mutual evaluations. I think this one, similar in a way to the one in June, is, uh, you know, sort of under the uh, the pandemic response, right? So as we're all dealing with COVID-19, FATF, which prides itself on these plenaries with a lot of interaction with uh, various governments and all the representatives has to do these things virtually. So the, um, uh, the outcomes um, sort of reflect that. And the other part of it that I would just highlight real quick is this is the first plenary of the new FATF president from Germany, Marcus, I think it's player, P-L-E-Y-E-R. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh, and this is the first time the presidency will be a two-year presidency. So that'll give uh, each, um, each new uh, president the opportunity to craft his or her uh, strategy over a longer period of time, which I think will be valuable both for the particular series of agendas, but also for FATF in general. Uh, I agree with that. You know, if you're a president just of an organization just for one year, by the time you just about figured out how it works, you're handing over the gavel to your successor. So two years uh, could um, allow FATF to be even more effective in uh, pushing through its initiatives. One of the threads that's clearly in here, and you mentioned it already, is the fact that um, a lot of the activity is needs to be done virtually. And uh, one of the uh, strategic initiatives that came out of the uh, uh, early the the uh, uh, the earlier uh, plenary was strengthening the global network, which had a lot to do with um, completing uh, mutual evaluations and that kind of thing. And it's clear from this report that they're trying to figure out how to do something that has a heavy on the ground component. Um, in a totally virtual way so that these things can keep going on going forward as opposed to just being halted until such time as we um, uh, people are traveling and, and meeting in person again. Right. And um, they also sort of updated the May statement that they issued on, um, you know, making sure that the AML community is as di diligent and focused as possible on uh, unfortunately new frauds and, an illicit activity that occurred during a pandemic. So this sort of updates that couple of statements that they, that they talk about in the document is that, you know, you have to be active in identifying and assessing the terrorists and criminals will exploit the pandemic. So sort of reiterating what they said back then, but also talking about sort of age old issues that uh, are important to us. And that's the effective sharing of information between the public and private sector through various partnerships 
becomes even more important important now because we're not having that that uh, in person interaction. So uh, you know, a number of things there. Nothing earth shattering in these series of statements, but certainly just reminding us as our local law enforcement reminds us all the time to stay vigilant and just remember that, as I said, criminals and terrorists and others, unfortunately, take advantage of these uh, actions, these events. Um, and, you know, it, it just becomes pretty, pretty important to just be uh, more aware than perhaps uh, in normal times. Yes. Uh, they also mentioned that they continue to be working on uh, new guidance related to um, uh, financing risk assessment and mitigation related to proliferation, always a difficult word for me to say, of weapons of mass destruction. And that's been a, uh, an ongoing FATF uh, focus for quite some time. But um, they didn't put a time frame around when that new guidance would come out, but they, they did reaffirm that that is in the works. Yeah, last thing I'd mention is they uh, put together a lot of working groups, as always. They referenced that in November there'll be a uh, joint experts meeting held virtually, and that will be one dealing with various operational issues, and it will include FATF, the UN, the World Bank, IMF, and they'll deal with a variety of issues as they do on a regular basis. So I think it's important uh, that we, uh, when that when that um, that uh, activity happens, and the outcomes of that occur that we would uh, take a look at that as how it uh, impacts, if at all, our own jurisdictions and the own issues that we deal with. Right. Well, thanks, John. I will uh, talk to you next week. You uh, be safe between now and then. OK, and be sure to vote. Be safe and everybody vote. We got one more week. <laughs> take right. care. Bye bye.